Hello and welcome to a Taylor's Tales podcast. This is Chris's Corner. I'm your host, Chris Taylor, and I'm back this week with a brand new podcast. This week, I'm speaking about one thing that I've truly forgot to mention and has a huge impact on my life. It's music. It's the different genres of music. It is some of my favourite areas of inspiration, the place I go to when, um, you know, the mood hits me for certain things, for my workouts, for my job, for when I'm on walks. There is, you know, now that I think about it, there's a majority of the time where I have headphones in and I'm just zoned out or just, you know, embracing a moment. There are times that I relate through music. There are places that I remember through a note or a song and I thought this podcast would be perfect for those who are, you know, music fans, but also we're diving into some areas that not everyone hits. Uh, so some of the genres that I'm going to talk about today, one of which being lo-fi, low-frequency music. Uh, I'm going to be talking about uh, my favourite genre of music, which I would say has taken the majority of my life, which is pop-punk. Uh, going to be hitting some classical, going to be hitting some golden oldies, going to be hitting some rock going to be hitting some uh, general relaxation music. Oh yeah, and that there's also games and film scores I'd like to tackle as well. There's a lot to go over, if I'm honest. And if you know, I'm going to try and cover it as quickly as I can within this podcast. But there's so many areas that I love. Uh, and I find that music really has a, a sort of, you know, an emotion to it. It is a emotional feeling there's very little head and there's a lot of heart when it comes down to music and a lot of people can defer on musical taste because it's so down to the person for me personally i don't really get into rap there's only one artist i've ever listened to from that genre who will speak about today um and, it, and for other people one thing i have noticed about in the generation below me Rap is huge. It's a huge thing. It's it's it's, it's big in, in that area. But for me, I just don't... I, it's, it's not down for me. I sound like an old man right now. Like, you know, not really into to that genre. But that's, that's life. And as I said, it's all about the person. So this is really... I think a lot of these... The music I'm going to talk about is specific to me. Uh, I hope a, a few of you can relate to it. Uh, and maybe we're going to, you know, realise uh, how much of a unique human being I am. I am, uh, especially in my music tastes. But let's start with a genre of music that has grown massively over the past, I want to say, 10 years. I want to say from 2011 all the way until 2021. And that's lo-fi, low-frequency music. The music that people will use, for me personally, I used it uh, mainly when I was at university, when I wanted to study and had some music in the background just to have there playing while I'm concentrating, while I'm get, trying to get some work done. Uh, I think that low-frequency music is just such a, you know, not to sound cliche, but sounds like a vibe. It is a vibe. It is its whole... It's got such a wide range that it has to it, because sometimes you can turn lo-fi into a genre in itself. You can turn rock music and chill it out. You can turn rap music or chill it out. I've heard, for me personally, recently I listened to The Weeknd, where it was turned into lo-fi music. And it was brilliant, because it was just slowing down the music in order for you to be able to... You don't want to listen to something that's going to distract you, but you want something to focus in, but at the same time you want it to be good music. Uh, and for me personally, lo-fi has this ability to... I relate it so heavily with me working, or me coding, or me studying, any of these things. I imagine for a lot of people who are trying to focus in on a task... Lo-fi is the perfect solution to have some background noise. Uh, and a lot of people consider it just background noise. I, I think there's a lot of emotion to uh, and, and feelings within Lo-fi. Two of my favourite playlists uh, that really got me into the genre in the first place, one being called To Be Alone, which has uh, a picture of from Whisper of the Heart, a Studio Ghibli movie, as the artwork. And... I believe she's lying, lying on the floor in her room from the movie. And throughout this playlist on YouTube, you can go find it. It's still out there to be alone. And it starts with such a, like a haunting music. sort of. It starts off with a mixture of piano and vocals of saying the words lonely. And 
oh, to be lonely. And it's just this, I don't know how to describe it to me. It's really soulful. I don't even know if that's a word. (laughs) But it's to me, it, it, it hits a chord. And that playlist, if I think of lo-fi, I think of that playlist. And I think a lot of people have that, where they've got different areas of uh, the a genre that they think of a song or an artist and they pin it to that. So for me, that's one of them. The other one, uh, so you've got To Be Alone and then you've also got, oh, I think it's, yeah, Get Some Rest. That's it. So I may have switched them around. I think To Be Alone might, uh, Get Some Rest has the low has the Studio Ghibli artwork for both of them, one of which is also from Whisper of the Heart as well, and it's the boy who creates the violins, sat at his desk working on a violin, and you just see the transition as you're going. Brilliant. I love the use of anime as a way to have the artwork within uh, the, sort of, for a video, and then you have the music playing in the background. It has... You know, even though the visual isn't key because you're working, but at the same time, it's nice to, to look at sometimes. So there is that. And get some rest and to be alone, have this same emotional film clip, sound clips placed throughout it. Uh, and in at the end of to be alone, it has, uh, I don't love you anymore. Goodbye. And it is this just, wow. Beautiful ending to a, to a, because it's the idea of to be alone uh, and I can think of the other sound clips from Get Some Rest. It's um, something along the lines of, you know, my my dog crawled underneath the porch and the, the it says, oh, he crawled under the porch. And the other guy responds with, uh, to die. And then the guy responds with, no, to be alone. And it's, uh, I don't know, that doesn't sound wholesome or beautiful, but it is, it's hauntingly beautiful when you put it with a beat, when you put it with this relaxation music and maybe i'm looking too deep into it but for me that those two are the, the two main playlists uh you've also got studio ghibli lo-fi which i love uh you can turn that into a whole range of uh, genre there because studio ghibli songs can be taken from the scores and they put different beats into it and you can t- take the piano pieces and combine them with uh some bass and just make it a completely different uh, music altogether, uh, from semi-classical to or, or film score to uh, lo-fi, and it's it's really interesting. Well, I think I've also got yeah Square Enix and Chill. So you also got the gaming section of lo-fi as well, where they take some of the best video games or animes and they combine the musical um, sort of. The audio tracks behind the games and the animes, and they put them into the lo-fi. And I love the combination of, for instance, Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts in Square Enix and Chill, which is fantastic. And it has clips of the game's vocals within there, where you hear them. And it is this beautiful relation between different games into one playlist. Uh, it's brilliant some of those so check them out if you're really into lo-fi or if you're looking for a new genre to discover or you're you're genuinely just curious of what lo-fi is go check those playlists out what i've talked about i think you you may find that you're like oh wow this is a completely different type of music a completely different way of uh, of listening and when i first discovered it, i was like what is this because i couldn't pin it down uh to, to what it was i was recommended it by a friend at university I'm so glad he recommended this because it's changed, changed the way I look at music. It's a completely different genre and it's going to blow up. It's going to continue to blow up. It's going to be huge. It's going to be, I think lo-fi could be one of those genres like you see rap today. I think lo-fi could be the next generation's uh, genre of music where it's that big because it's just so prevalent on YouTube at the moment. But it's also prevalent on SoundCloud, on Spotify. It is cross-platform. And when something's cross-platform, it's dangerous, man, because it's so easy to get, so easy to access. So yeah, that's my take on lo-fi. Love it. Brilliant. So, oh yes, jazz and blues. I've talked about one of my favourite albums of all time, and that is Village of the Vanguard by Bill Evans. There is, sometimes in life, you discover pieces of music 
that just struck a chord with you. And Village of the Vanguard struck a chord with me. I remember discovering uh, Bill Evans through an anime that I watched. Uh, and it was, uh, upon, I think it was called Upon the Slope. The sl- oh, slope, the Slope on the Hill or something along those lines. I talked about it in one of my podcasts. And Bill Evans was one of the artists that the main character really enjoyed. And I looked into it and I discovered Village of the Vanguard. And it's just, it's a live performance. So you, if you listen to it, this guy's, you know, Bill Evans is doing this, or the Bill Evans trio are doing this, and he's just playing the piano, and that's all it is. It's just piano and a bass, and so, and a little bit of drums, and it's just light, light on the drums, pit pat, pit pat, sort of like, and it's it's got this, the the piano, you even if you just played the piano on itself, just Bill playing, it's so beautiful and so just a rhythm that hits with you it really does i can even picture the the keys being played in my mind i don't even know how to play piano but to me i can see the keys being played and to me if you can if you have a way to create music or a piece of art that hits people that powerful you know with that power you've you know you are a true artist and in this case bill evans is definitely He's, he's did, I think there's so many people who've performed at the Vanguard. Um, and I think that's in New, I want to say New York, I may be wrong, but New York City and performing at the Vanguard was like a jazz way of a right. And he was in, I think Bill became prevalent in the 60s, 70s. So he's, you know, he was truly in that jazz era. And for me, he he just has a way with the with the piano that makes it just true jazz and and provides something like a flutter on on your heart. You know those those buff butterflies where you're listening to a piece of piece of music. It really, I can hear it. Anyway, I'm not going to try and perform it, but it, in my mind, I can hear it. And maybe I'll uh, I'll play a little bit of it in the background while I'm talking about um, some of these songs to 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 give you an idea of. The, the power behind it and, and these songs so that I'm not just talking about it. There is like 10 second snippets because I don't want to ruin this, you know, you know, do this entire podcast and then all of it just gets copyright claimed because <laughs> I've done that many times before. So Bill Evans, Village of the Vanguard, uh, Rainy Nights. Oh yeah, this so this is technically, you could class this as a lo-fi, but I love the jazz compilations on YouTube where it's uh, a cafe, cafe noises, and you've got the piano playing and then the idea of people talking and that jazz. And I don't know if I've talked about this before, but I would love to, to own my own coffee shop with like jazz being played in the background. It's just a small one, just like a, a really, like a membership only one. And it, it's so, I don't know, there's something there. It, it, it's, it's a part of me that when I think of that, when I listen to that, the rain hitting the glass and the piano being played and the drums being tapped against, not smashed, just tapped. It's like, and it's it's got this lightness to it. It's not too heavy and it, it gives you a positive vibe, true positive vibes coming from it. So I don't know, for me, that's a great way of listening. If you ever see, if you ever want to just get into a little bit of light jazz, type in, um, jazz compilations on youtube or even just uh, rainy night coffee shop relaxing jazz compilations stuff like that i, I love that stuff um james brown Ch- ray charles uh, aretha uh, aretha franklin she's amazing you know a lot of the, passed away sadly but these these guys and gals left a mark on the blues and jazz sort of genre uh, with their powerful music I think all of them have such powerful voices, you know, vocation. We've talked a lot. I've talked about a lot of piano and about sound, but the vocals behind those three real artists, and I was just about to say Elvis as well, and uh, Charles Bradley, they have such iconic vocals that they could become their own genres on their own. Uh, they are that powerful within the blues, jazz, and you know you could even class them as uh, as the R and B 
rhythms and blues area as well as that. And uh, even though R&B has taken on its own sort of genre nowadays and, and, and might be considered uh, a very different idea. Actually, I'm just going to get up some of the songs as well while I'm here. Let's, let's have a look uh, at... James, let's start with uh, a little bit of James Brown because I, I could rattle off Elvis, like, you know, Jailhouse Rock and uh, <laughs> all the classics. But James Brown, I can't think of a, a song off the top of my head. James Brown, here we go. What we got here? Ah, uh, The Boss. Yeah, people get up and drive. Get up off of that thing. Love that. That's off Robots as well, the movie The Robot. I know that's terrible. Um... The playback, yeah. I mean, what a career that man had. Jeez. God. So many good songs. Did I just say sings? So many good songs. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Sometimes I need to check myself. You better check yourself before you wreck yourself, son. Wow. Yeah, James James Brown, what a man, what a player. Aretha Franklin as well. I discovered her through Blues Brothers, Ray Charles, the same. Blues Brothers, what an absolute fantastic movie for combining artists uh, together during a new era. And released in the 80s, and these, these artists were prevalent in the 70s. So they really, really interesting people. Lots of character, lots of soul, and lots of uh, just colour. Colour to like they gave if there was a rainbow, those four artists, Elvis, Aretha, you know, James and Ray, they just paint a picture for you with music. They're that good. They're that good. So yeah. Blues, soul and blues. There is a reason why it's called that, you know, soul, blues, rhythm and blues. It is hitting you deep here. So Love that. Now, moving on to a whole section of music slash scores slash, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's got a lot to cover here. So game and film scores. Game and film scores. One of my favourite things to, again, like Lo-Fi, listen to in the background while I'm doing something. If I'm playing some games, I don't need any background. But if I'm playing a game I truly love, uh, then the the score itself is so it makes the game ten times better. So, you know, some movies I've talked about this before have incredible, incredible uh, soundtracks that actually outdo the concept of the movie. One of those being, uh, I think I've talked about this before, is Tron Legacy. The soundtrack by Daft Punk is so good that it just out makes the entire film. So there's, you know, it's incredible, so incredible that it outdid the actual film itself, <laughs> which is so silly when you think about it. Then you've got, uh, for me, Gladiator. I can always, th when I think of Gladiator, I think of absolutely just soul-wrenching, sort of heaven-like music. Uh, and I think there's something with Ridley Scott, because he also did Kingdom of Heaven, and that had a similar feel to it. Uh, he seems to bring out some of the, the more heart-wrenching uh, soundtracks to it. Because you've also got Braveheart here, which also has this emotional love uh, where the man's still in love with his little wife and you can almost feel a connection in the, in the music there. And, you know, Braveheart, Gladiator and uh, Kingdom of Heaven, they're all war movies, so they've got this sort of need and want to to connect the afterlife with the the film itself so each character has that sort of transition shall we say between life and death and the or, or if there isn't a death the they see death and death is around them and you can see that for instance within uh, platoon as well where the main character doesn't die, but he sees death everywhere he comes. And that's why there's that amazing soundtrack going on behind them. And uh, it's, it's beautiful. And the, it, it, it almost... So a, a real contrast to those four movies is the Lord of the Rings, where Lord of the Rings has some quite sad soundtracks, but it's also got some extremely happy ones. So, for instance, Hobbiton 
the Shire in itself has has some absolute is is the happiest thing you've possibly got. But on the other hand, you've got extremely sad parts of the movie to contrast that. So the Kingdom of Heaven, uh, Gladiator, Braveheart, they all have this sort of consistent sadness to them but with Lord of the Rings you have this contrast it's very similar with Harry Potter as well where you've got the contrast between good and evil light and dark some of the movies just have a consistent vibe to them a consistent emotion sadness darkness but when you've got the battle between good and evil you've got beautiful light-hearted soundtracks like the Hobbit and the Shire and you've all got darker soundtracks when you're tackling Mordor and with Star Wars you've got the same as well where you've got the, the light-hearted um, when you're being introduced to a character or a character's on a challenging decision. So you're looking out onto Tatooine and you see the red sun rises with Luke in A New Hope. And you've got uh, when you see Darth Vader and it's the most iconic sound you've ever heard of in your life. It's one of those things that the darkness is, is with you when you're listening to it. So, you know, it's really interesting comparing some movies because they have, some of them have that ability to contrast sounds and you can really tell the difference and when a scene is going to cut in and change how the movie is going to be and the emotion you should have for that scene. Uh, anyway, you know, I'm, I'm going on a bit. So, ah, oh, mate, so these next two, next three, very different vibe altogether. These are just... Three movies that have soundtracks that are just absolute fantastic soundtracks that I can listen to without watching the movie and just be like, brilliant. These are fantastic songs. It's The Boat That Rocks. If you've watched that, it's a fantastic combination of British and American actors uh, on a, a boat in the middle of nowhere that does pirate radio for the UK. And it was I think it's based in the 70s period of time. And then you've got Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which has fantastic... Uh, what you know? That's the probably the only thing bit of rap that you'll see me listening to, apart from another artist I talk about. Admit, Guardians of the Galaxy, brilliant soundtrack, absolutely. Uh, you know, eighties vibe altogether. Fantastic way to make you feel upbeat and happy, and at the same time feeling like you're adventurous and you know you're going to to go into space and, and explore space. So I love that. It's, it's really interesting, and it matches uh, Chris... Oh, God, I've got his last name. But one of the four Chrises of, of the industry uh, goes out there and really parties his way for, through space. So, so on, on to games. I'm just going to go for four games here. Kingdom Hearts, I've spoken about before. Kingdom Hearts has one of the best soundtracks ever created in any game. It is both happy and sad. I'm going to talk about this... The, the ability to contrast consistently, but also it's so iconic. If you hear the Kingdom Hearts soundtrack, or if you hear a Kingdom Hearts song, uh, the entry of the game, or the out, you know, out, outro of the game, they have such powerful songs behind them. And it's, it's truly a way where you map the physical game, the part of the game you're playing, to that sound and the ability to go from world to world in the game is matched by the different soundtracks for different games. You may have seen recently that in the Tokyo Olympics at the beginning where they were lighting the flame you had the Kingdom Hearts soundtrack being played along with Final Fantasy. This was the Colosseum music being played. It was a perfect use of the soundtrack of Kingdom Hearts. The Colosseum is all about fighting and the Colosseum of, of um, Herc as Hercules uh, battling Hades and the ability to chase after your dreams is perfect for the Olympics. It is chasing after your dreams and you are facing off against other people. And that is the perfect Colosseum way because that's what Sora does. He goes to try and become a hero and he battles against the Heartless to be able to get his way through the Colosseum. So re really can uh, applicable music. You've also got Assassin's Creed, which... We, you know, if you've played Assassin's Creed, you really truly know the sound behind it. When you think of Assassin's Creed, you're thinking of the church bells, you're thinking of the the orchestra, you're thinking of this haunting sounds in the background. 
or the eagle noise that you do when you jump uh, into a leap of faith. You have the sound of the blade that comes when you have your hidden blade come out from your wrist. It is these beautiful sounds that associate with the game. So it's, it's really important to get these right. These games are iconic in themselves. Uh, I am going to miss some good games out there, by the way. So if I've forgotten any that have amazing soundtracks, please put them in the comments below and uh, I shall read them and see what happens. Doom, absolutely incredible soundtrack. If I want to get pumped for the gym, that's what I will... Doom is that good. Doom is so pumping of adrenaline, of I'm going to kill some monsters. Uh, and that's... It, it's just that good, and whoever that you know created that soundtrack, they are incredible. They are truly masters of the art of being able to make metal, the genre of metal, match a video game of destroying, shooting, blasting, exploding, and tearing the earth a new one. It is that good. So do if you haven't listened to the Doom and you want to have your you know your mind blown literally, <laughs> then listen to to Doom. And then, last but not least, Skyrim. Skyrim has one of those soundtracks that is a representation of fantasy. If I'm ever doing fantasy writing, writing a short story, I'm listening to the Skyrim soundtrack because it puts me in a place of picturing the sort of cobblestone floors of any of the towns within Skyrim or the the ocean, when you're hearing the, the ocean parts of Skyrim, or you're, you're hearing any of the woodland areas, I can picture the, the areas of Skyrim where the music takes me. And the ability for me to relate, or if I'm in danger, I know the tempo of the music is going to go up. And that the relaxation means I'm travelling, and I'm going through... I'm travelling through Skyrim and exploring and going through. And when I'm attacking a monster, then I get some increase in tempo and the, the, the volume goes up and it matches the environment around me. And that if I'm going into a city, then I'm going to be having a different sound. Or if I'm in a tavern, I'm going to have a different sound. And the fantasy music put behind Skyrim is, uh, is truly a way for you to go into a different place and for you to be able to picture your own fantasy world. Uh, so if, if you are somebody who likes to write, but finds it hard to get into that mindset, I would recommend just taking the Skyrim soundtrack and putting it in the background where you try doing some writing. Uh, I can tell you now, it's, it's, it's truly inspiring. So yeah, the Skyrim soundtrack. Here we go. This is the main meat of the podcast here. This is, this is the tasty part. This is pop punk. Pop punk for me. Discovered pop punk when I was around 13, 14 years old. Uh, it's a big part of the rock genre. I put it inside the rock genre because the rock genre covers such a big area. Pop punk is a rebellious teenage sort of phase that a lot of people go through. For me personally, I just love the music because it's rebellious, because it's raw, because the lyrics are just so damn real. Uh, it's emotion that isn't filtered. There is, it's not about, you know, nowadays you, you have a lot of lyrics that are based around trying to play to the public, play to the, the basic emotions of every person. You know what I mean when I say playing to that? If you don't, what I'm trying to get at is that with with every individual artist, you would have a different person but with popular music, the lyrics that they use is applied to every single person. One of my favourite bands in pop punk, The Story So Far, have lyrics like, you know, <laughs> if you look in your eye, <laughs> I'm trying to think of it now, straight off. When you look in your eyes, you think about who you let between your thighs. You know, it's, it's just, and then I think it goes on to say something along the lines of, I'm going to have to play the song for myself right now to remind myself. But it's in Mount Diablo, the song's called. And the idea of 
is is this person saying like can you deal with yourself can you live with yourself knowing how many people you've slept with how who the people you've slept with and how can you look at yourself in the mirror the next day it is quite judgmental but it's also he's talking the the singer parker is also thinking about somebody in particular and it's so raw and so real and so aggressive that it just for me you know it hits a nerve it hits a, it's something you know truly harsh and real some of my favorite favorites out there paramore was the first band they ever saw live uh, a lot of these bands i've seen live i've seen green day I've seen blink 182 i got to see blink 182 when it was mark when it was travis when it was tom the three together before they split up i was lucky enough to see one of their last shows at reading festival back in 2014 which was is crazy to say but it was uh, seven years ago now it was one of it was one of those things where you don't forget it and you you love every minute of it and I love listening to the, all the small things the rock show the whole live album of uh, Tom Travis and 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 oh god well Tom Travis and Mark yeah I don't know why Mark's name slipped out of my head there Jimmy Eat World the whole Bleed American album I don't listen to a lot of the rest but the Bleed American album is pop punk it's so good it's so just again, I'm using the word aggressive because it's got sharp guitar hits. It's hitting. It's just, I'm not going to be able to, you know, put together the words that describe some of this music because the music itself is so down to me. So when I think of Bleed America from the Bleed American album, it's so much the guitar that makes up that song. It is the sharpness of the guitar hits and the electricity behind that guitar that really plays in my mind. Uh, you've also got Fallout Boy, love Fallout Boy. You know, you've got Panic at the Disco, you've got Paranoid, you've got Neck Deep, you've got State Champs, you've got A Day to Remember. You know, these those are the bands, the, the top, you know, 10 bands for me that make up that genre. There's plenty more out there you know that that come to mind when it comes down to the pop punk era but these are the ones that really affected me neck deep i was listening to in like 2015 a bit a little bit later you know the 2010 era where there was like a revital sorry a revamp within the pop punk genre with the story so far leading the way in 2011 with quicksand which was just absolutely a killer with parker standing in the middle of a field shouting at no one it was brilliant it's it's just this they took what the the sort of punky slash take the piss out of popular culture vibe from Blink One Eight Two and and Green Day with with the American Idiot and they took it a, a little bit more serious. They weren't as you know f with with Travis Mark and and Tom. There's like a silliness to them, and it was the same with Green Day. A little less serious and a little bit more fun, and it's the same with. It was the same with Fallout Boy, there was a little bit more emo there. Same with Panic at the Disco, My Chemical Romance behind them there. And that whole genre of, of people there, they provide such a hard-hitting songs behind them. Neck Deep has some really hard hitters. Uh, State Champs have some absolutely just fun songs. They're just fun to listen to. And they really get you up and about. They're really great for the gym. They're really good for really giving you that electricity through your body to, to listen to them. So they're so he's got such a great voice from State Champs, the lead singer. And yeah, a day to remember that's a you know a sad hitter. That's a hard, savage voice, ready to, to hit you to the core and to really get in there and say, you know, that you know, F the world. I'm here and I'm ready to kick ass. That's that's what a day to remember reminds me of. It's just this aggression. Again, I'm using that again. Anger and putting that out there. And so you've also got uh, Paramore for me is so diverse now in the sense that the early stage was pure pop punk. It was pure just beauty in a different way. I remember Decode being such a beautiful song. And I remember some of the, the more pop punky songs made me think to myself like wow this is so much fun to listen to i remember seeing them in the, the o2 arena back in 20 i want to say 2011 2012 and just thinking to myself the band is exactly what you think they are live as they are when you listen to them 
and they truly were. And I've seen them twice now, once at Reading Festival and, one, and once then, and they're they, amazing both times. And then when they evolved in 2013, I want to say, or 2014, I can't remember which, but they went into that lighter, more popular vibe to them. And they're still just as good. I love their new music just as much as their old. It's just a different genre. They've just made themselves a little less rocky and a little bit more chilled out, a little bit more light-hearted. Uh, how should I put it? A little bit more Taylor Swifty. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, Paramore I can listen to on, on any, any day. Because still into you, Misery Business, Ain't It Fun, Hard Times, the only exception, the popular songs on, um, you know, on Spotify. That's a real mix there of different types of singing. I mean, Hard Times is like... It's really key, light keys. And you've got... The only exception is a really sad, rocky song. You've got Misery Business being pure rock, hitting the hard drums, hitting the hard... You know, the guitar, electric guitar, really hitting it there. And then still into you being super fun as well. And it's, it's, it's really funny comparing that contrast there between those. So, yeah. Fallout Boy, love those. Panic at the Disco, well, Brendan Urie, again, he's a real, you know, showcase of how you can progress as an artist. A lot of people, when they start, I know, I always hear people say, oh, I like their early music, but I never really liked it afterwards. And I'm like, dude, that means you haven't evolved with the artist. You've stayed the same person you were when you were younger. You haven't evolved as a person. Now, fair enough, if you want to listen to that all your life, that's fine. I love pop punk, but I like the evolution of pop punk. I love being able to listen to the classic stuff from like Blink-182, and I also like to listen to some of the newer stuff from the newer guys, because it has contrast, but it also has just a different feel to it, different vibe altogether. Uh, and I kind of find that, you know, you're a bit stuck stuck in the mud if you can't get from one end to the other. You know? But that's just my opinion, and, and you know, that's not for everyone. So rock, we're hitting the, the, the bigger genre, pop punk, will never die. I hope to see more pop-punk bands as we go along. I imagine that seeing as we had a revamp in the 2015-2014 era, and from 2011 till around, I want to say, 2016, it's not going to happen again for a while. I'd be excited if it did, but, you know, it's a different generation. It's a different period of time. So the likelihood of that happening is probably not high. So... Rock. Let's start with Linkin Park. Now, I did a whole podcast on Chester Bennington with Jordan Green, and I love talking about that with Jordan because it hit a lot of different parts of mental health. But Linkin Park is brilliant because the music, again, is is pure what I, I class as great evolution. It went from hardcore metal slash rock all the way up until to a lighter mix of rock with pop. And it has these deep, dark vocals where, you know, where Chester's putting his heart on the line on every song. And he's putting raw emotion out there. And it's, it's his feelings. And he's putting himself out there. And so these individual songs, I mean, what I've done, you know, it's one more light. I mean, one more light makes me want to cry sometimes because it's just so, it's Chester, you know. He's there. He's saying, if there's someone out there help them. If they are on the edge, help them. And it's, oh man, I love it. I love that. So yeah, I think Linkin Park's progression isn't a bad thing. It's a beautiful thing. And, and me and Jordan disagree on that in, in, in the, the Chester Bennington podcast, but I think I was lucky enough to listen to their later stuff in 2012 and I got to go back to the hardcore stuff. And it, was, it matched the phase of life I was in at the time and it meant that I was able to you know, not have one perspective. I was able to be up from both sides of things. So, yeah, Linkin Park has a beautiful range of music that are lighter, darker, and match the emotions of Chester's life, it seems. So as well as Linkin Park, you've also got Biffy Clyro. I've seen them live. Linkin Park, I was really unlucky. I never got to see Linkin Park live. But I got to see Blink, uh, Biffy Clyro live. I got to see Blink. I got to see Green Day. I got to see Paramore. I got to see Neck Deep. I got to see... Um, do, 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 just going through all of them now. <laughs> oh, uh, who was? Where did I miss? 
Ude, Fallout Boy, I... Ooh, that's a good question. No, I haven't seen that. I've seen Panic! at the Disco Live. I've seen the story so far. I've seen State Champs. Haven't... Oh, yep, seen A Day to Remember. So, I've been very lucky enough to be able to see these bands growing up. And so, that's one thing that I can say is going to, I guess, take with me to the grave, is that I was lucky enough to see lots of bands growing up and lots of great experiences uh, to relate to those bands. So Biffy Clyro, absolutely fantastic, just consistently good with the music that they put out. And I love the Scottish vibe, I love the twang that is behind uh, the lead singer's voice. I don't know the, the band members off by heart, their name sadly, which is, you know makes me see, seem terrible. But Biffy Clyro are one of those bands that has a consistent feel to them, they've got that hitting the slow drum building up to the guitar building up to the lyrics you know i'm always thinking uh mountains when i think of biffy clara i'm thinking of scotland with biffy clara i'm thinking of the highlands with biffy clara i don't know why maybe for me personally because i was listening to them when i was was in scotland in 2012 uh, and in again in 2013 2014 so for me that period of time relates very much so with only revolutions the album by Biffy Clara, and that's a fantastic album that is from 2009. Uh, I don't think I listened to it until 2011, but it was uh, it's one of those albums that will always stick with me. So, Biffy Clara, seen live. Foo Fighters, I got to see in 2012. Lucky enough to see them live. Uh, they're one of the best bands ever, period. Dave Grohl is a genius. He went from strength to strength, from Nirvana to Foo Fighters. He proves to be one of the nicest guys ever to, to exist, period. I haven't met him in real life, but I, you know, from what I've seen, the way he, you know, sort of shows himself to the world, the way he acts towards people, the amount of podcasts he's been on, the amount of people he gives the time of day of, well, I just think, yeah, man. Like, he, Henry Rollins, I think, said at one point that the old rock stars who are still out there, still kicking it, even though they've got all the money in the world, are the true rock stars. Because they don't need to be there. They're just doing it for the love of the game. And I love that. And Dave Grohl's definitely doing it for the love of the game. He doesn't have to earn any more money. He doesn't need any more. He could probably buy like a whole country if he wanted to with the amount of albums he's sold. But he's still doing it. He's still kicking it. And I love it. And um, one of the songs he wrote later on, Run, which was quite recent. I, I want to say that's like 20... Ooh, here we go. Let's put, place your bets, place your bets. I'm going to say 2017 was run, I think 2017 time, probably very wrong on that. Actually, let's look it up right now. Let's, I've said 2017, I'm going to look it up because I'm genuinely curious because Foo Fighters is one of those, uh, let's have a look, so Foo, Foo Fighters, du, 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 du. Pretender, oh man, Best of You, Learn to Fry, oh. God damn, so many good songs. Those, those are those are the early ones. Everlong, The Pretender, Best of You, Learn to Fly, All My Life. They are all absolutely killers. Um, I'm trying to think. Where's the later songs? Just so that I'm not going crazy. Concrete and Gold, 2017, hit it the nail on the head, mate. What a shout! Yeah, Run, 2017, mate. How the hell did I know? That's that's a killer guess right there. September the 15th, 2017, Concrete and Gold was a fantastic album. Uh, Sonic Highways I didn't get to listen to very much. Uh, so I actually, I might give that a go because that, you know, it's eight, only eight songs. So, yeah. Foo Fighters are just an absolute, you know, killer band. They'll always be killer. And they'll, they'll always be one of my favourites. And I'm lucky enough to say that I've seen them live. Uh, we've also got Muse, another band I've seen live. Muse are one of the best. Hysteria, uh, Knights of Sindonia. Knights of Sindonia I have quite a good relationship with because I used to practice playing it on the guitar when I was younger. And it was the, the fantastic uh, hitting the chords of going up and down the neck of the, the guitar. And it was brilliant. I love that repetition of you had to really go up and down the neck uh, multiple times. And it's, it's got a great, great guitar line to it. And it's, it's fantastic that Matt was able to, to sing to that. And he's got a great voice. Uh, and they're fantastic to go to see live. Um, I saw them twice in one weekend. I was in um, with my mate Johnny Edwards in Ireland. We were in Northern Ireland watching them in Belfast. 
then we flew back to the UK and we went to Reading Festival the same weekend. We saw them uh, on that weekend on the Sunday as well. Absolute killer. I'll never forget it. They are a, a band that put on a show for, and they were just as lively on both shows. So they are truly brilliant. Uh, what was the other song I was going to mention? Oh, Psycho, for me personally, is one of the first songs I ever listened to when I was running. So I have a good good sort of like link with exercise. It's just the Psycho for me when I was listening to it. It gave me that extra boost to run, that extra energy. So, yeah, love, love, really do love Muse. Muse is one of the bands I used to listen to with my dad. We used to listen to Linkin Park together. We used to listen to uh, Biffy Clyro together. Yeah. Uh, there's quite a few bands here that uh, I was lucky enough to, to share with my dad and uh, not every fa every father and son agree on music uh, but I was lucky enough to, to agree with my dad on, on those things so that was that was nice growing up with, with that in, in the back of my mind so yeah My Chemical Romance now a lot of people might say Chris that's totally emo what's up bro uh, I would respond with that with the yes yes they were and uh, I I really didn't get into their music until later on, but I really did enjoy My Chemical Romance, My Chemical Romance, and I even enjoyed their less emo uh, latest album, the one before they broke up uh, in 2013. I really enjoyed that as well because it's got a different vibe. Uh, it's got a party vibe too. Get up and go, do 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 do. Oh man, I'm just thinking about it now. It's it's just got it's got the really dark emo-y vibes for some of the albums and then the latest one's just like a party album it's great so my chemical romance i genuinely if you, if you, you know give them a chance i wouldn't say just because it sounds emo give give them a chance i place them on under rock so 30 seconds to mars i mean enough said 30 seconds to mars are a killer band they are really really good at what they do there's only the the drum drummer and then the lead guitarist. Obviously, the lead guitarist being <laughs> one of the best, a really good actor as well. Uh, and his name is gonna really forsake me. Oh my god, how how am I forgetting his name? Who is it? I'm thirty seconds. He was the Joker, and it's not Jacqueline Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! This is this is why I'm glad I'm looking this up during the podcast because otherwise this would kill me later on. Thirty seconds to Mars. Da, 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 da. I can't remember his name. What's the lead singer's name? It is. I can see his face. I just can't picture his name. Da, 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 da. Jared Leto. That's it. Yeah, and his brother Shannon Leto. Yeah, those two are brilliant. So they they did music before they, he got into acting. Uh, so, I, just an absolutely killer band that have fantastic songs. I think I used to, I, again, I, I listen to them all the time when I'm running. They are really a, a hit, hit you hard with vocals and guitar and great drums at the same time. And they've gone from strength to strength with different albums, with different tastes and albums, and, and not just the rock vibe. They've also got some popular music going in there like Walk on Water one of their later albums has a very different taste to for instance like um, I want to say what's, what's, what's their most popular song I'm trying to think um, let's have a look mm. ooh interesting progressive metal space rock that's what they put them in there that's them. okay whatever Strange, very strange. Try to think. Ah, do, 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 do. ah, beautiful lie, the kill. Yeah, that absolutely fantastic song. Attack, brilliant again. I always think of the kill. I always, I always think of that creepy really strange hotel from the music video. I don't know if you get that. If you do get that, then that you probably watched a Kerrang! growing up on TV. Ah, <laughs> uh, this is war. Yeah. Oh my God, that's so good. Hit after hit right here. 
But this isn't their best. Kings and Queens, that's the one that everyone knows. Kings and Queens is, is their most popular song by far. It's absolutely killer. So much fun to listen to. So, yeah. 30 Seconds to Mars. Right, moving on to the last few genres. We're, we're going to be talk I'm just going to be talking about classical, some special mentions, guilty pleasures, and then golden oldies. So... Four things here. We'll rattle them off now, because yeah, I imagine you're tired of hearing me talk after about musical all of these times. Because you can hear the affection I have for that rock slash pop punk era. I have hits me really, hits me really where I live. You know, classical. I've just got two songs. Two two songs that I that hit me. That I know there's plenty of classical out there, but these are the two. So it's "Morning" from Pierre Grillon. Always, whenever I think of primary school I associate this song where we used to listen to it all the time when we would go into assembly and we'd wake up in the morning and I'd be there and I have a lot of positive sort of vibes around that song. Uh, it reminds me of uh, harvest, it reminds me of the autumn season and waking up in the mornings. It's great. And then Claire de Lune. Claire de Lune again reminds me of the night sky, beautiful moon, uh, just the piano, and love reminds me of love. That's what it is. You know, you associate songs with certain emotions and feelings, and that's definitely what Claire de Lune does for me. So that that's my classical extent. I know that's terrible, <laughs> but I don't really have a classical end to me. But those two songs are that are fantastic and then a part of the genre that I truly love. Special mentions, right? So bleachers are technically indie. But the Bleachers at the moment, again, are fantastic. They were just a band with so much fun and joy to them. And I always think of when I just, when I was watching Coachella 2018 and they were one of the bands I saw playing live there. They're a band from Boston, I think. And they just have so many fun songs. Roller Coaster is one that comes to mind when I think of hitting the coastline driving and the wind in, in your face and just going somewhere you know and then traveling so yeah and, and relating to bleachers the the guitar the lead guitarist of bleachers comes from the band fun and fun another special mention as well they're one of the bands that i relate to quite a few different places uh, they only had one really big album that was in 2012 and that was where we Are Young comes from the song We Are Young, uh, but I listened to that album back to front and it is fantastic in every way. And that one album, uh, we didn't, I was going to see them live. Uh, when I went and saw Paramore, they were the opening band, but I missed them. So I never got to see them live, which is uh, really upsetting because they, uh, they had some really good songs and I would love to have heard them live. So Bleachers and Fun, they're one and the same. They are linked uh, by the lead guitarist who did both bands. Uh, and it just bleachers, I would say, is better than fun because they've had a greater continuity through albums and the just progression in music. And they're still about today. That's also that. Daft Punk, the best electronic music ever played ever, period. They broke up uh, earlier this year and it breaks my heart because I never got to see them live again and they were just so much fun to listen to. I really, I, I think of the ocean when I think of Daft Punk. I think of a beautiful breeze and I listen to their music and I feel genuine sorrow sometimes, but I also feel joy because it is an absolute wonder to, to hear their, their music because it goes from vocals that are provoking the sadness, but also joy through the music itself. So yeah, Daft Punk. Now, a man who I've alluded to this entire podcast, Eminem, rap, the only rapper I can listen to, and he should have his own genre because he's that good. He is one of the first artists I ever listened to, period. I remember my mate Alex Young playing to him when I was like six or seven years old. He had some of the rawest rap, rap that I'd ever heard. He was the realest rapper I'd ever heard. Uh, I, I think that... Everyone recognises him as the person who inspired the genre to, to get better than it already was. And that he just had the quickest lines, the fastest rap, the 
lyrics that just went on to each other. He created rhymes where there wasn't any rhymes. He created emotion in rap where there was no emotion before that. It was just about gangs. It was just about shooting each other. It was just about who could get the the girls and who could be the biggest guy on the hill, you know, the king of the hill. He was real. He brought real life into it. And I think that Eminem is truly a, a genre on his own and that he is just probably one of the greatest artists of our time. He is fantastic. He shows what it means to go from zero to hero and he shows what it is to be able to pursue a dream and continue with it even though you have nothing to begin with. So Eminem is what we should all aspire. I mean, he, he struggled with drug abuse along the way. He struggled with alcoholism. He struggled with all of these things and yet he still persists and he's still alive today and he still was able to put out album after album that hit a chord with a lot of people and that he puts on a hell of a show. Saw him live 2014, 2013 as well. So, yeah, killer. Guilty pleasures for me. <sighs> this is a tough one because clearly a lot of people are going to judge me on this one, but whatever. Guilty pleasures for me. Take that. Love a bit of Take That. I'm not going to explain why. <laughs> if you've listened to Take That, some of the newer stuff, reach out. Fantastic. Uh, Patience. Just, oh, you know, that's 2011. Had a, had a great album from Take That when they reformed. So, yep. Mika. Guilty pleasure again. You know, it's absolutely fantastic. 2006 album. Really, really good. And to conclude the guilty pleasures, James Blunt. Now, James Blunt's one of the most hilarious men on Twitter. He's also one of the most quick-witted people in real life when it comes down to interviews. Uh, I think he's brilliant. I think he's a great artist. I think he's evolved over the years. And that Your Beautiful isn't the only good song he's made. He's made a lot of really good songs. And that he should be truly proud of the art he has created. So, James Blunt is a guilty pleasure, but he's also a brilliant artist, in my opinion. So, take that, kids. And so, Golden Oldies. So, Golden Oldies. Queen, David Bowie, ACDC, and Elton John. You know, those are four absolute killers right there. Queen, on their own, inspired so many people. Queen has a whole, you know vibe to them on their own they are fantastic they have every every song they've ever written has some sort of success behind it they have some sort of sort of emotion it is brilliant every generation can can sort of appreciate queen acdc rock will never be the same without acdc they are just an absolute dream to to watch and to listen to i've never seen them live but i've seen them on youtube and how they perform they are brilliant David Bowie passed away sadly, but he has got some absolute killer songs. He is just so different to every other artist of his era. He has pushed the boundaries. He has made his voice unique and he's made a way to change music in a different way. Where he was weird and wonderful and he didn't ever change along the way. He was just him. He was David Bowie. Elton John. He's one of those men who's just been able to put out song after song and it's just catchy. Just catchy every... I'm still standing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there's, it's, it's almost you want to jump up and you want to really feel the music with him. So, yeah. Elton John is... I mean, there's so many other songs, you know. I mean, there's so many other songs, you know. Like, Elton has that jump up and go like I said, and he just has a real energy to all of his songs. No wonder he was successful. All of his songs give you a positive vibe behind them. And even though they're positive, there's even some really harsh and dark feelings behind them. And the ability to take harsh and dark feelings and make a really upbeat song out of it, well, that's true art. Because you're, you know, you're fighting, you're using the words that you feel to make everyone else feel with you in a different way. And uh, that, that's really, I can truly appreciate that. So, yeah, the golden oldies, those four, Queen, David Bowie, ACDC, Elton John, killers. I can listen to them anytime, all of them. So, and I've probably missed out a load of songs, a load of music. 
But for me, this sums up my sort of areas that I listen to, the different types of people, different types of genres. Music to me is a whole part of my life. It will never be the, you know, never something that I'll ever stop listening to. It's something so beautiful on its own. It is a creation of emotion and colours and just all round fun. So yes, music, we'll end it here on a really, really positive note. Go out there, listen to music and feel vibes. This has been the Taylor's Tales podcast. This is Chris's Corner. I'm your host, Chris Taylor. And this has been a music podcast. Or should I say a <laughs> pop punk isn't dead podcast. Uh, I hope to see you this time next week. Bye. You're still here? It's over. Go home.